This episode of the Fresh Start Family Show is brought to you by our Quick Start Learning Bundle, how to build a compassionate, firm, and kind discipline toolkit that works with kids of all ages. Head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your Quick Start Bundle so you can get going today on building up a strong, compassionate, disciplined toolkit in your home. Hello, hello, listeners, and welcome back. I am your host of the Fresh Start Family Show, Wendy Snyder, positive parenting educator and family life coach. And you guys, this is a good one today. We have Kirk Martin on to talk to us about how we can de-escalate really tough situations with our strong-willed kids because y'all know that if you have a strong-willed kid, things can escalate really fast. They can go from like zero to a thousand (laughs) in 20 seconds, not even, let's be real, more like five where fire's coming out of your head, fire's coming out of their head, and all of a sudden you're like, you know, dipping down into threats and raising your voice or yelling or intimidating or maybe moving to bribery and rewards, all that external stuff that we are are intentionally trying to take a break from, right? So we're talking to Kirk today about how can we de-escalate intense situations with our strong-willed kids. And my goodness, you guys, I just had so much fun talking to Kirk. He is not only incredibly wise, but he's incredibly funny. And I just feel like that is such a great skill set for any human being, but especially if you're an educator. And also, like, I just love funny, funny guys. I love funny humans, but I happen to be married to a really funny guy, Terry, who you guys hear on many of the episodes here at Fresh Start Family. He is hilarious. And so I just really respect people who have a great sense of humor. And Kirk is one of those people. But to tell you a little bit more, Kirk is the founder of CelebrateCalm.com and the Calm Parenting Podcast host, which has shown almost 1 million parents how to stop the yelling, defiance, and power struggles with the most strong-willed children. So Kirk and I really have a common love and desire to support and serve families who are blessed with these beautiful, strong-willed children. Kirk is known for very practical strategies and scripts delivered with humor and compassion, and he loves to help families learn how to get their kids to listen the first time while also building a close, trusting relationship. I know you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. We talk about how we can stop the defiance and the meltdowns and the yelling. And really, a lot of our conversation is focused around how the quickest way to change our kids is really, honestly, to first change ourselves. It's like we must de-escalate the situations and give our child space before we discipline. And then you'll hear us touch on how good discipline really should lead to a closer, more trusting relationship with your child. And so it's just so much goodness in this conversation, and I'm really excited for you guys to listen. So as a reminder, if you are not on our email list, make sure you head on over to the website, freshstartfamilyonline.com, and grab our free learning guide. We have a free guide to raising strong-willed kids with integrity so you don't lose your mind. That's really our most popular downloaded free learning guide. And then we often have free events happening, which right now is that time of the year where we are hosting our annual 
free kind of New Year kickoff challenge that's happening at the end of January. And the registration for that is over on the homepage, freshstartfamilyonline.com. So when you hop on the email list, when you grab a free guide, when you register to be in one of our free events or workshops or challenges that we're hosting, you not only get to come learn with me and understand more about what we teach here at Fresh Start Family, but you also get dropped onto our email list so we can keep in contact with you on a weekly basis. We send out lots of motivational tips and inspirations and obviously new podcast episodes every week, but we also let you know when we're running promotions on our educational programs, when our membership program is opening their doors for enrollment, little things like that, that I want to make sure that you stay in the know about and I can just consistently encourage you more than just here on the podcast. I love that you're here for the podcast, but I also love to be able to actually be in relationship with you through your email, okay? And on top of that, many of you already follow me over on Instagram, but if you don't yet, come find me over there too. I'm at Fresh Start Wendy. Drop me a little DM or say hello. I love to engage with you guys over on that platform where I do a ton of free teaching and education and inspiration. So without further ado, you guys, help me welcome Kirk to the show and enjoy this episode. Well, hey there, I'm Stella. Welcome to my mom and dad's podcast, The Fresh Start Family Show. We're so happy you're here. We're inspired by the ocean, Jesus, and rock and roll, and believe deeply in the true power of love and kindness. Together, we hope to inspire you to expand your heart, learn new tools, and strengthen your family. Enjoy the show. Well, hey there, families, and welcome to a new episode of the Fresh Start Family Show. I am really excited to be here today with Kirk Martin, who is Celebrate.com.com founder and also the Calm Parenting podcast host. And we're going to be talking about how we can de-escalate situations with our strong-willed kids when they're upset. Kirk, welcome to the show. I am beyond thrilled to have you here. I am more thrilled. I'm excited. We're both hyper- (laughs) <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. I have to tell you, I was, as I was like prepping for this interview and reviewing some of your latest episodes, Terry and I are going to see Seinfeld on Friday night and okay. we have an overnight date planned. And I was like, Kirk has some like Seinfeld. You're, you're so funny in the way you deliver the incredible encouragement and parenting tips that you do in your podcast and your work, but you're really funny. And you have, you were like, I felt like I was like having kind of a sign. You were having some Seinfeld moments of like, your humor is just Seinfeld ish. I don't, do you feel like that's a compliment? (laughs) My my brother would be jealous of me. If anybody said I was like Seinfeld. No, it's just, you have to, you know, you're delivering very hard hitting truths and asking people to break generational patterns. So to go on and be like, Look, you stink as a parent and your kids are like, right? Like you're doing everything wrong. What are you doing? So to be able to add humor and then just laugh at just our experiences, like all those things we say to our kids, like, what were you thinking? Right. As if they're going to be like, um, I was thinking that you don't like me. I like to be in trouble and just take away all my stuff for my whole childhood. So exactly. Yeah. yeah, the one the one I was listening to was like you were telling this Cheeto story and you were like, who doesn't like Cheetos? Come on. <laughs> it was like it's Seinfeld. So. You know what? I did a podcast last night and I bet you get this. So I'm doing a phone consultation and this guy's like, you know, I, was take, I took my kids to McDonald's. You know, we don't usually eat there. And I was like, come on. Every parent 
says they don't eat at McDonald's, and yet they sell 5 billion burgers a year. So just yeah. own it, enjoy <laughs> it. They have the best fries ever. And all of your organic stuff is probably grown on soil that's contaminated anyway. So I'm just totally. kidding. I'm, we're all <laughs> organic too, but still. You got to live life a little bit. (laughs) Kirk, I just know, I just know this conversation is going to be so good today and just bless so many families. So thank you again for being here. I have to start off with, you know, on a serious note, I am, I am seriously so just thankful for your work and especially thankful to have like whenever I meet a man that is doing this work, it is like even more meaningful. The fact that you do this work with your son, that you love and honor God through your work, that you really just point parents to Christ. And it's just the, it's just an honor to be here with you today. And I'm seriously just really thankful for the work that you are doing in the world. And I talk about this a lot on the show and with my community, but, you know, in the Christian world, especially there, there, there tends to be a lot of just different teachings out there. And every time I meet someone who is teaching compassion, empathy, connection, firm kindness, strong boundaries, and how to see these beautiful, strong-willed kids as blessings to the world instead of problem kids or kids that are broken and have to, you know need to have their will broken, it just means so much to me. Just knowing that you're out there doing this work, filling parents up on a day-to-day basis and pouring your heart into it. I just want to kick off the episode, letting you know just how meaningful your work is and how thankful we are to be here with you today. I, I appreciate that. I do. And I yeah. feel the same about you. It's awesome. I mean, we're, mm. we're aligned, so it's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's start by sharing with us how you got into this work. You have this incredible company now, you have a, a, a thriving podcast, and but tell us how you you found this work. You know, what's your story? What what happened when you were, I think, you know, earlier in your parenting journey, most of us who do this work, right? We have these stories of how God kind of took our shoulders and shifted them into a different direction and said, Hey, I don't think I want you going down that path. But I I recently read your story and it's really beautiful. And I know there's lots of aspects to it probably, but will you just let listeners know how you got into this work? What made you decide to become an educator and an encourager and a light spreader in this capacity to help parents on a daily basis? So my dad, my dad was career military. So I had the, my way or the highway, fear and intimidation approach down. And when my son was about eight, I realized he didn't really like me and I didn't like him. We weren't connecting and I was losing him. And I was a good, like I was a good dad. I did stuff with him, but I couldn't control myself. And I used to go on these walks and I talked to God and I'd be like, why did you give us this kid? Because he melts down all the time. He doesn't listen to simple things. Like every part of the day, getting your shoes on is difficult. Going to bed, like everything. And so as I began, you know, sometimes you talk to God, but you don't listen a lot. And occasionally I try to listen. And I started hearing, you know, you don't hear, but I started sensing like these three questions. And one was, the first one was, what if I made your son like this on purpose? And the original name of our organization was actually Celebrate ADHD, because mm-hmm. everything back in the late 90s was, oh my gosh, it's a, it's a death sentence if your child has ADHD. And I was like, no, there are amazing qualities. I want a strong-willed child. In this world, I want a strong-willed child every day, because it's yeah. a lot more fun than being a, a resentful people pleaser, as many moms know, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so it was like, what if I made him this way on purpose? 
And what if by changing your son, trying to fix and change your son, you are frustrating my purposes for your son? So I started thinking through that of like, uh uh-oh, I'm getting in the way of a larger plan. And I started doing a lot more introspection of like, why do I find this child so difficult? Why, why, Why am I struggling with Casey? And I was finding a lot of it was my own convenience. A lot of it was, I just couldn't control myself. And so I was trying to fix everybody else in my life. And then the third question was, what if instead of trying to change your son, you're the one who needs to change? And I'm a guy. So my first thing is denial, right? Because none of us, because every guy, I don't have anger issues. Really? Okay, you have denial issues. So, (laughs) So eventually I learned through just experimentation, if I would control myself, my tone of voice, my body posture, I saw my son respond in different ways. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Maybe Jesus was right. Instead of trying to take the little speck out of our neighbor's eyes, maybe I need to work on my own. And what I read into that little saying, by the way, is if you look inwardly and work on yourself, you will never have an opportunity to actually see what's in anybody else's life because you're going to be so busy with your own junk. Heck yes. So I don't even, anyway, that's my, that's my reading of it, which is, so we start, so that began to transform my relationship with Casey. And there were other episodes where I would just explode at him. And then later I was thinking, why am I yelling at this eight-year-old kid, right? Why are we struggling like this? And so it just set off a transformation. And then the short version is we decided after a while to invite kids into our home, all these strong-willed kids. We wanted them in our house. So rather than going to a therapist's office, we called them Lego camps. So the kids didn't know they were being worked on. We just got all these little kids who couldn't play with each other together on a floor with Legos. And it just snowballed. And then 10 years later, we'd had 1,500 kids come through our home. And then, you know, started speaking and everything kind of led from there. But it was the greatest experience of our lives. We learned from the kids how to calm them down, how to do everything. Because they're just, di- you know, they're just different. And they yeah. respond to different things. So that's kind of yes. Wow, that is beautiful. Back when you started to kind of have your your heart shifted or your mind shifted and God started to show you some new things and open up, open up your mind to different possibilities was, so you said Casey was about eight then. And yeah. had he been diagnosed with ADHD, obviously? He'd or been diagnosed no? with everything. Everything. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Alphabet yep. soup of labels. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, it's like you saw as you started to change the way you probably talked to him, worked with him, did discipline that he naturally started to shift and change too, right? Yeah. And it's like you were saying before, it's the relationship. Relationships change behavior. Every parent, we all want to go immediately consequences. What consequences can we give? And what I've learned is you've got to have consequences. Like you said, firm boundaries, but consequences don't change human behavior. Relationships do. And as he began to trust me and I modeled for him basically disciple, right? Disciple te- mm-hmm. teach means a discipline needs to teach. He started following my lead. So when we check into a hotel and my room wasn't ready prior to that, right? I'm a Hilton Diamond member. Why is my room ready? And then yeah. I turn around and say, you need to calm down. And I know he's thinking like, look, you're 40. You can't even calm down. Right. <laughs> he saw me 
change right in front of his eyes. And it was very humbling because I had to admit, I've been asking you to control your emotions, but your dad can't even control his. And so yeah. it's very, very humbling process that we laugh about now. My Casey's 29 now, but we laugh about it now. There's a period when we traveled a lot on the road and he would purposefully try to get me upset right before I went to speak to a large group. And then right <laughs> before I go on stage, he'd be like, Hey dad, are you going to, are you going to tell them how the calm guy was so calm today? And that was after right. I'd blown up and I was like, oh, yeah. jerk. And so <laughs> it was, it was a fun little game we played. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Every time I blow up or do something, you know, not what I teach, I'm like, dang it. I got to go tell my community this now because it's a wonderful learning experience for my community. My, yes, as a teacher, like the mess ups are equally as important to be able to teach and speak to it. You know, I once had a mentor tell me, thank God you've had a million mess ups and imperfect moments because otherwise you'd be an awful teacher. So just stop beating yourself up for being imperfect yes. and instead just tell your community what you did, how you made amends the next day, what you learned from it, right? Like we're always learning. It takes a long time to unravel those neural pathways that, you know, like you said, many of us grew up with. We watched our parents do it a certain way for right. so many years and it's just comes, you know, more natural, so to speak, because those habits are formed. So undoing right. it, it's got to be filled with grace and compassion and just being able to laugh at yourself, right? Laugh in those laugh limits. And use it as an opportunity, right? Like how great is this? You blow up, you lose it, and then you come back and then you're able to apologize and say, you know what? That wasn't your issue. That was my issue. Yes. And then you're modeling for your child taking responsibility for your own behavior, humility, all of those things. Now, don't do it like five times a day and keep doing it for a year. Yeah, then you're exactly. just a horrible parent. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. I was like, you need to work a little bit harder. If that. But yeah, you're going to, like I always tell people, like you're going to blow up, like you're going to lose it, but we just get progressively, it's progress, not perfection. Absolutely. I love that. And then as far as like, I know you support I think what what I saw written for you is like you label it as strong-willed kids, maybe kids that have these type of diagnoses as ADHD, OCD, ODD, all the things, right? And would you agree, Kirk, that in my experience, not all strong-willed kids necessarily are going to receive a diagnosis like that, but the the majority of the kids who have received a diagnosis like ADD, ODD, ADHD are are usually 99% of the time very strong-willed. Is that accurate in your yeah. opinion? I yeah. think there's some common things like very strong-willed, a lot of times sensory issues go along yeah. with that, right? Like our our general description would be very bright kids who aren't always academically motivated, but they tend to use their intelligence to argue with you. So they're like cops, judges, and attorneys right. all wrapped into one, right? Yeah. They're stove touchers. They have to touch the hot stove. Consequences don't usually work. They don't want to do it your way. They want to yeah. figure out their own way of doing it. So I think one of the key things I learned early on about from my son and all these kids is we misdiagnose almost everything. So we will see they're defiant. And I'm like, well, their behavior, outward behavior will come out, be expressed in defiant ways, but inside they're usually very frustrated kids. So I can't really fix a defiant person, but I can help a frustrated person, a frustrated kid. And so that's the word I use a lot for them because we get, I can always tell like if a Christian parent emails, it's always rebellious. I was like, oh, that's Christian right. word, they're <laughs> rebellious, right? And that means they're not like obeying right away all the way with a happy heart. 
right? Because yeah. your expectations are completely unrealistic of yourself and your kids. And so reframing it, you know, a lot of defiance comes from anxiety, right? So yeah. a lot of our kids, that's another trait is not always wanting to do new experiences. So signing them up for that Taekwondo class. And then the first night, huge meltdown. And they'll end up saying, I hate you. You're stupid. Taekwondo's stupid. And so you can look at that child one of two ways. Either that's a defiant little snot that makes my life difficult, right? Which is not a good way to go. Or yeah. I'm looking at an anxious child who feels helpless and needs my help as the adult. And so I transitioned in my brain from, see, I always thought in that traditional role, my job as a dad was to be like the disciplinarian, like chief disciplinarian in the home. My job was to like roll through the home, just watching for people to mess up, including my wife, and then correct everyone. And I can tell you, wives love that. And so I, then I began to see, no, my job is to be the giver of wisdom. I give wisdom and tools and I teach and I show. And I found in working with guys, they're very receptive to that because men like to mentor. And I try to identify with men and say, your motives are good. You don't want your child to make the same mistakes you, you made. And so it's noble of you. You're just repeating the pattern you got from your dad. So how, what if I could show you that you could still discipline your child, but that he would also ultimately respect you and not fear you? And so I'm finding when I work with guys, they, they like the mentoring part. They just don't really know how at times. So that's, that's one yeah. of my favorite things being a guy that I'm able to do. It's funny on phone consultations, I'll hear the husband and wife and I'll be like, "Uh Oh dude, you shouldn't have said that. That is not <laughs> the right thing to say. And then you can hear like the wife wants to say something, but she's too sweet. So then I can say it for her. Yeah. And so it's kind of a neat dynamic being a guy in this situation. So I haven't. Heck yeah. Let's chat for a hot sec, openly and honestly, about what your discipline toolkit looks like in your home right now. If you're anything like most parents, you're relying on the hand-me-down set you inherited. Timeouts, spankings, threatening of spankings, taking iPads away, three, two, one countdowns, groundings, taking away toys, e-bikes, iPhones, any or all of those kind of tactics that create a total relationship strain and don't even work long-term to end your child's misbehavior for good. Meaning you might spank your child or send them to timeout today for being air quotes mean to their sister or disrespecting you, but then three days from now, they're repeating the same misbehavior, which causes you to flip your lid because you know they know better. I want to help you learn a new way so you could end the vicious cycle that's keeping you stuck as a parent and causing you to feel super frustrated that nothing is working to get your strong-willed, stubborn child to behave better. My team and I have recently completely refreshed our Compassionate Discipline Quick Start Learning Bundle to help you learn a new way to teach your kids important life lessons, a new way to help your children learn from their mistakes and take responsibility for their actions. You can just DM me the word shift over on Instagram. I'm at Fresh Start Wendy, and I'll personally send you a message with a link to download this free bundle. 
I'm going to help you shift out of a punishment mindset and into a compassionate discipline one where you fully trust that connection-based, firm and kind discipline tools are all you need to be a strong leader in your home who holds your kids responsible when they misbehave, but does it in a way where they are learning the vital life skills they are missing when they mess up. So again, just DM me the word shift over on Instagram. I'm at Fresh Start Wendy, or you can head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your free bundle now. I am so excited for you to shift out of feeling guilty and shameful when you lay your head on your pillow at night and shift into feeling confident and proud of the way you handled yourself as a parent, even when you were wildly triggered and upset about the mistake your child made. Okay, I'm excited for you to dive into this free resource. I'll see you in my DMs and inside the free discipline bundle. Yeah, one of my students, I had a class I taught at church once and he said, yeah, I used to, the way he described it was I used to think, you know, before class, after class, before class that I was like a professional hammer thrower. I was, that was like my role was to throw the hammer, you know, and then he just was so thankful to be able to shift it into something similar to like what you're saying, the giver of wisdom. And man, especially men, like, it's it's so cool how God works. He, you know, he just he blessed me with a student that contacted me this morning and was like, "Hey, things, you know, things are uh, Monday morning actually and things things are a little tough with the boys. They've been long summer. They haven't been very active in in our membership lately. And so we all know, right? When you stop practicing and you get out of your rhythms, a lot of times there can be flare-ups if you're not remembering your concepts or you're not, you're starting to yell more. And then the kids are starting to yell and have meltdowns, all the things, who knows? But it was really fascinating to hear her say her husband has, it's been a longer transition to get him to fully embrace what we teach, right? I'm sure you see that as so common. And then, you know, there's a lot behind that. But then, as I said in the beginning, what's so tough and frustrating and just why I'm extra thankful for men like you doing this work is, especially the men out there, you know, 98 of the men around them are going, you know, like it is the case in this particular gentleman. He's got all these church men around him that he describes as godly men who are telling him that he's being permissive if he's actually like practicing what we teach or his wife is right. being permissive and that if his kids are bullies and in order to really get control of them that you really need to like throw the hammer and show them who's boss and break this defiance and all these things and it's just it's heartbreaking right but it's it's just again it's so important and i'm just so thankful that you are someone who empowers men to feel powerful in different ways other than just throwing the hammer and being givers of wisdom like what a beautiful legacy to leave right like right. we have someone very special in our lives speaks on big stages every time we hear about his dad his dad was an amazing police officer did amazing work in the world he's passed away now but every time we hear him about just story about his dad. It's about how he did not take crap and he whooped. Like that's, I swear, every story I've ever heard, I'm like, we're going to empower men to have a different legacy, right? Where my dad was always a giver of wisdom. Like he, he taught me, he never gave up on me. He was always teaching. He was always giving me wisdom. And it's in a way that is true power or true respect, not because not based in fear. So I just love it. One of the analogies I use for men is men respect other men in every sphere of life. Men respect other men who stay calm and cool under pressure, right? Your football quarterback in the fourth quarter 
You don't want Tom Brady coming in screaming and yelling at everybody because nobody's going to follow him. And on the battlefield, you don't want the platoon captain saying, oh, my gosh, they're shooting at us. Right. Like, no, we respect other men who stay calm and cool under pressure. But there's something that happens when we leave the office and we walk through the front door of our home and there's Legos all over the floor and there's disorder, especially for the engineer engineer guys out there. They can't handle like disorder. And yeah. so then we start yelling and it's like, so sometimes I'll ask men, I'll be like, why don't you just treat your kids like you treat people at the office? Talk to yeah. them. Even matter of fact, voice, you come along with that younger colleague who's struggling and you put your arm around him and you walk down the hall with him and you give him some pointers and then you give him a pat on the back. But with your son, you come down on him hard and it's always negative. And so a lot of it is just giving them some practical tools of when you come through the door of your home, here's like, sometimes I'll tell them with little kids, take a knee like a quarterback because kids love when people, right? Like it's a cool thing. Now I'm the quarterback of the home. And so they can maintain that feeling of like, yeah, I'm the authority figure, but some, you know what, Wendy, some of it is that how we view God, right? If you view God as an angry, always angry authority figure who's just miffed all the time at our behavior and just wants to punish people. Well, that's going to take you a certain way. Yeah. But if you see God as a gentle teacher, who's like, look, I made you, I know you're made of dust. You're not that awesome. And I'm going to come alongside, love you a lot, but I got to guide you. Well, then I start to view my kids that way, how you view your heavenly father. It just has a huge impact on people. So a lot of times at homeschool conferences, especially, I'll talk about that. Who who is your God? What does he act like? How does he discipline you? And then that helps them kind of recalibrate and work on that relationship first. And then there's a nice outflow, you know, with the kids. Yeah. And that's where you you have to find the courage to, I think, invest in and believe in and have the courage to have mentors like you that might have a different opinion of how their God is, right? Like there's all different types of godly people, right? Like there's all, anyone who loves God is a godly person, right? And there's just a lot of different ideas, especially in the Christian world about what that means, right? So it's just really good questions to ask. And it's like, we all get to choose what type of you know, godly person we look up to. And there's just going to be different types of godly people. And there's there's going to be rhetoric that doesn't feel in line for you. And then you get to listen to Kirk and say, that makes sense. That makes sense to be able to to take a knee and and, and look to Jesus in this way. So it's just good. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. So Kirk, let's get into our subject matter. So when it comes to strong-willed kids, and especially when they get upset, so let me, we'll all keep my little girl at the forefront. And as I'm going through this, I always like to have my interviews be able to like directly apply to my own experience. And then of course, as an educator too. So my little girl's 15 now, almost 15 in November. And we found this work when she was three, did a full 180 with how we were seeing and working with her and communicating with her and disciplining her, all the things. And now she's just a thriving teenager. We have a great relationship relationship and she's still strong-willed as heck. (laughs) It's good, right? Yeah. Let's celebrate that. So amazing to have a strong-willed daughter. But as far as, you know, 
let's just talk about, can can you talk about for a minute before we get going with how we can de- de-escalate these situations when strong-willed kid, kids get upset, but maybe some of the reasoning to normalize why they get so upset, right? Like I always say, in my opinion, they seem to have a really strong justice button. Like they mm-hmm. care so much about right and wrong and fairness. And then they obviously have big voices and they often really believe in what they believe in, right? So Stella will challenge now at 15. It's, it's it's more just challenging about everything. Like you're like, oh my gosh, like that car is so that's such a cool green. And she's like, that's not green. <laughs> you're like, okay, she they just have this very strong, like they just really believe in their own voice, right? Like that's what makes them great leaders. That's what gives them courage to get up on stages, to to create change and be and outside of the box and not stand for injustice and all these things. But those are some of the things I think of of why they get so upset in that moment that they're they're triggered or that you say no, you can't watch another show on TV and they're toddlers or whatever. But could you speak to that a little bit in in your opinion and what you've seen with families? And then we'll get into like what can we actually do once we realize that they're okay. so upset set and we need to de-escalate. Okay. I'd say two things. That's a really good insight. I'd say one is, and this is layman's terms. I think most of these kids have very, very busy brains, always thinking of ideas and it moves very fast in there. And so it feels like they don't always have a lot of control inside or a lot of order. So there's this high need for order and structure. And so you'll see it in the strong sense of justice is no, that was right. And it creates, it makes things kind of a little bit more black and white. It is the reason they tend to be a little bit controlling and bossy at times. If when there were little, if you're, when your daughter was little, if you had a play date, pretty sure your daughter pretty much controlled the play date, right? Oh, hell yeah. 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 So it's like, run along and play. No, (laughs) run along and listen to my daughter dictate what you need to do. So it's why little things set them off. Right. So if something big happens, it stimulates the brain and now they problem solve. And it's a challenge because they like brain stimulation. But if something really little goes wrong, it totally messes with things because I always call them kind of they're wound tightly and there's a small margin for error. So little things really set them off. It is also why uh, playing board games with them can't play board games because they're going to change the rules of the game, cheat or quit. Not till so Stella was eight. Were, we couldn't play till she was eight. <laughs> yeah. So all parents we tend to see is like, well, you're being a poor sport. Well, yep. if you dig deeper, it's, I already probably don't feel that great about myself. And if I lose, that makes me a loser. So to protect myself, I'm just going to quit or I'm going to cheat. And so when you can get inside and know what's really going on, it gives you a little bit more compassion. It's not an excuse, but at least you know they're not just being a jerk on purpose because that was my always my assumption. Anxiety comes from anxiety is unknowns. And so that's why new experiences take them longer to do. Their initial response is almost always going to be no to something reflexive yeah. or do this. Why? The why isn't defined. It's context. I want to know the big picture so that I can place it within some context and Here's the other hard part, ownership. They want to do it themselves. So when it comes to faith, they don't want to believe just because mommy and daddy do. They want to wrestle with it themselves. And so they often have to reject what you want first so that they can own it themselves. And so you see that play out, right? Like they, 
they that's that stove toucher part of giving them some space. Like one of my favorite things is give them space. Because if you come down on it, like the moment you say like, you need to apologize right now, young lady, you're always going to get no. Right. And then if you're like, if you don't apologize, I'm going to take away everything you want. And then she'll say to her sister, like, sorry, stupid sister. Yep. Right? And then you got the forced apology, but you didn't get contrition because you were pushing too hard. And these are kids that you can't push. You have to draw them. You have to lead them. You have to give them a little bit of space because once they come to it by themselves, then they own it for the rest of their lives. And it's a beautiful thing. So that's a little bit, I think, what we see pretty commonly with these kids that sets them off. That's awesome. Yeah. The influence factor versus the control and overpowering or forcing. Like, that's why I think so many people find people like you and I and and are like, whoa, we need to do the full 180 is because they're trying to use that like outdated model, right? Of fear, force, overpowering, control, to get their strong-willed kids to do something. And the the knee-jerk reaction of these kids is just twice as strong. Like, so I have an easygoing, easier going little boy who's almost 12, still is almost 15, but it always was just way, like if I were to do traditional discipline on him, he probably would have been okay. Like, thank God he was born into- he didn't need it though. Because right, he didn't need it. <laughs> an easy, right? It's like, you don't, those kids don't need it because they're just basically good and easy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, they're just easier, right? They have a different <laughs> purpose in the world. God is using them for different things. Like he's using our strong-willed kids for very incredible things and he's using the more easygoing kids for very incredible things. They're just totally different purposes, right? Well, the easygoing kids have to grow up and work for the strong-willed kids who own right. their own businesses because they can't work for anybody because they don't like authority figures. <laughs> exactly. It's kind yes. of true actually. We joke about it a lot, but it's pretty true. It's like, yeah. you need the strong-willed child to push through, take the risk to start the business. Yeah. And then you need people to come along who will actually follow directions <laughs> yes. to work for that person, right? It, it all, it, it really all, is true. It kind of all works together. And so you, it, yeah. you parent the child that you have. And one thing we get is like, well, that's not fair. And I was like, well, what's fair about it? They're, they're two different kids. Like to yeah. think that you're going to parent them the same way it doesn't work that way. So I always encourage parents of like, no, parent the child that you have. And they respond in different ways. Just like I have two employees at the office and they both respond differently to different forms of communication. So I customize how I speak to people based on where they are. So yeah, I I don't see see any problem with parenting in different ways that way. So I agree. And oftentimes the more easygoing kids, they, they just uh, are they're okay with following directions more, right? Like Taryn, he's like, he's just way more relaxed. If like yesterday, the other day we were surfing and I was like, Hey, let's paddle through the pier. We were in Florida and let's paddle through the pier and surf the right side. And he saw the sign on the pier that was like, no surfing within so-and-so <laughs> the thing of the pier. And I was like, honey, that's like, that's like, that's not, it's not really like for surfers. It's okay. That's probably for like swimmers or something. And he was just like, no way he would never go through that right. sign. But Stella and I are like, oh my gosh, we're, we're outside the box. We're just like that. But he thrive. He likes that. Right. Like he's, it's, it's a, it's, com- it's God given design. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Okay. One more thing. And then we're going to start off with these okay. tips that you have. Kirk is something you mentioned that is so important. I think for us to remember about these kind of kids is 
they present with such confidence, right? Like such confidence. And they're like, hey, follow my direction. And a lot of times I heard you say this in some capacity. So tell me if this is true of what you're thinking, what you've seen is they often do have a lot of shame that they're working through or getting over or just negative self-talk about themselves. And and then when I look at that, it's like, usually these are the kids that are getting in trouble a lot by the time, from the time they're two years old to when we really become fluent in this work and work with them in a way where we're like, we're consistently able to teach, mentor, guide, set firm boundaries, all the things with connection, neutrality, like, you know, not blow up 50 times a day, we might still lose our cool twice. But until that point, these are the kids that are getting like a lot of those messages, right? So of course, like they're going to be hard on themselves because they do get in trouble a lot, right? And so it's part of, I think it's just connected with like shame and perfectionism, right? Like you got to get it right because I'm always kind of getting in trouble and then I don't know. Do you have anything you want to speak about that before we hop into the three yeah, things? I think I think understanding it's like this. I came out of the womb and all I've known my whole life is I tend to be in trouble. Right. I'm the one in the home who gets sent to his room all the time while everybody else is still downstairs. So you start to get isolated, them against me. I go to school in preschool and right away in preschool, can't follow directions, can't sit still in circle time. And there are always issues. I'm the only one in the home that has to go to therapy, right? And it feels right. like the world is against them. And it feels like they're swimming upstream because they are, because they are in this world, right? And because as parents, we have two goals. I want good behavior and good grades. And these kids often internally say, well, if my whole childhood is based on good behavior and good grades and I'm 0 for 2, I may as well just shut down. Like, why would he even try anymore? So yeah. that shame piece of it is the other word besides frustration I use a lot. You have frustrated kids is the shame part because mm -hmm. it just gets drilled down deep into them. And so that will produce either anger, right? Deep anger and defiance of like, oh yeah, you by a teenage years, you thought you've always thought I was the bad kid. Now I'll show you. That's a very common yeah. boy with a dad who's never accepted him then has to prove, oh yeah, dad, you always thought I was never a good kid. Well, guess what? Now I'm going to show you what that looks like. Yeah. And then the other response would be, I'm just going to shut down. Like, what, why would I do schoolwork? What are you going to do to me? Because you've already taken away everything I own, right? Because your kids yeah. lost their privileges, all of them when they were seven, there's nothing to take away. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's a really important part is to not be thrown off by the outward bluster right? There's all that outward stuff and realize that you're the adult. I, I, I realized this recently. You can't have a power struggle unless you participate in it. And we participate. All, well, I can't let my child get away with that. Why? I'm a grown man. If my 15-year-old has an attitude, like I'm shocked by that and I'm offended. <laughs> like what? Like it's happened since the beginning of time. I'm a grown yeah. adult. It just means if my so my common one for defiance in that when Casey used to come at me with, a, with that tone, you know, at first it was like, you're not going to talk to me like that. And you know what he said the first time? He's like, just did. And right. I was like, I'm going to murder you. Yes. And so I eventually, so, so I eventually said, you know, Casey, every time I hear you use that tone with me, what it tells me is you're anxious, you're frustrated, or you're hungry. So here's the wisdom. Hey, 
You're not just being a jerk. That's not who you really are. You're hungry, you're anxious, or you're frustrated. I'm giving you wisdom to know why you're doing that. So two options, son. You may continue to talk to me like that if you want, because he can. So I'm going to ruin my day. Yep. You're just going to lose your privileges. I, I, I'm good yeah. either way. But if you want to get some chips, I'll grab some salsa. I'll meet you out on the deck and I'll help you with whatever you're struggling with. And look, and, and then in there, and we'll go through that, but the motion changes so emotion. I gave him a job to do. And it's like all of us, if you're having a bad day, you like one of the things women hate most is when you've had a bad day and your husband is like, oh, you don't, there's no need to be upset. You're just overreacting. Right. right. Because we get so uncomfortable with other people being unhappy in their moods. So for me to look at him and say, I'm not going to react to that. I'm seeing something else is going on with you. And I've got the maturity and wisdom to actually help you through that. So if you want to meet me and wait some chips and salsa, son, I'm all over that. And Heck that's yeah. that to me, there was no giving in to him. I didn't yeah. let him get away with his. And some of it is, I, I hope this doesn't offend people, but it's, I tell people, cause I'm getting older. I'm a little bit more honest. I was like, yeah. you have to grow up, like stop right. taking everything personally. You're a grown man or a grown woman. Like I've got this one mom. She's like my three and a half year old. I was like, why are you fighting with a three and a half year old? <laughs> what do you like? Her whole job in life is to demand stuff. And then when she doesn't get it to have a big tantrum and your job is to say, not how I roll. Right. Yep. Like not, it's like, but why? I was like, stop. That's her job. Yeah. That's her job. A teenager's job is to try to get away with stuff to get their independence. Can I do one more? That's funny, but yes, please. You get these serious. My nine-year-old snuck his iPad into his bed. I think we need to come down hard on him. And I was like, fine with a consequence. Just realize like I would go and say, son, of course you snuck that into bed. Yes. Why would you not? It has yeah. all the world's information on it. <laughs> a million movies. It's, of course you want that in bed, right? We act shocked by it. And I introduced you to it. I bought you that and I introduced yes. you to that addiction. Yes. And then I modeled the addiction for you on my iPhone. Yes. So of course you would want that. I basically enabled your addiction. And I, right now, but, that makes so sense. I don't have yes. to let him get away with it, but rather than the shame of, what were you thinking? How many times do we have to tell you? You know, if you're never going to listen in life, instead I can say, of course you wanted that in bed, but here's how we do it in our home. All screens are turned in by nine o'clock. So because of that, you just chose to lose your iPad for the next three days. Right. Related. Teaches responsibility. Respectful. Yeah. Reasonable. I'm not mad at you. There's no shame. You know, next time try to sneak it in a better way so I don't right. catch you. <laughs> which is what he's going to do anyway, I know. So, but some of that is like letting go. You know, the other thing I'd encourage young parents with, remember when your kids were young and you were like, every decision that we make is going to determine whether we raise a sociopath or a God-fearing. Yeah, so serious. Kid, right? Yep. And it's like every, like, should we let her eat the ice cream? Because if we give in right now, then she'll learn she'll be entitled. You know, but like, not every decision. Like you don't even yeah. remember. We yeah. don't even remember stuff from when they were little. Like, wouldn't you go back? You would have been like, I don't care. Do what you right. want. Right. Like just relax. Oh, I want I parents it. to relax a little bit. If you're listening to a parenting podcast, you're probably a conscientious parent. So you're going to be yep. okay. 
So, yes, I love that about you, Kirk, you bring in the humor. And I know you were joking that like, he's probably going to sneak it next time. And honestly, like the chances of him sneaking it are so much less when you use a logical consequences that that is related, what we call the four R's teaches responsibility is reasonable and respectful and with and deliver it with a neutral message of you're just learning the life skill of self-regulation. You can try again in three days and, and we'll just keep do, seeing how you go. Like the, the, I've seen it over and over and over again, how as soon as a parent shifts out of like, even if it's the same thing of like the iPads going, we, we say taking a break for a few days, right. like we're going to take a break for a few days. And like then that. in a few days, we'll try again. Right. But even if it's the same thing, when it's delivered in that format of, hey, I'm teaching the life skill of self-regulation, I'm with a neutral tone, all the things, versus like, now you no more iPad for you. You've lost your privileges. It's gone. Like that's when, in my opinion, the kid's going to be like, screw you. I'm sneaking it in better tomorrow yeah. night. So yeah. it really does. It really does. Hey, um, can I do affect. a real quick one in case your child does start sneaking things? Because it's really common with the strong sure. kids and a lot of adopted kids. So we have a lot of kids who will get up in the middle of the night, steal stuff or go down and get food. And yeah. so I love this approach, which is not to get freaked out because it's pretty normal and say, yeah. okay, son, not mad at you. I'm just, I'm curious. I'm curious because mm -hmm. I love that phrase. I'm curious as I want to learn so I can help you versus what were you thinking? And if you continue, do this, you're in trouble. It is, so I'm curious when you get up in the middle of the night, what do you like about that? Like, is there, like, is some of it a challenge? I like that. Do you like the challenge? Because they're very observant kids. And so they know the, they, they tend to be good pattern seers. So they know, is it that you like the challenge of knowing, you know, when mom and I go to bed every night, you can hear us when we click off the lamp and you know, we're going to be asleep and you're planning it. When you're about to go reach into that cabinet and get the food, does it feel exciting? right? Is it stimulating? Is it exciting? Is there a thrill that you're getting from it, right? And then there's, is there a thrill of problem solving of getting away with it? Because yeah. I'm taking it out of this whole shame thing and saying, I'm not saying it's okay. I'm trying to understand what needs are being met because sneaking yeah. something late at night is fun, right? <laughs> right? Like, I, right? I, is it, here's another one. Is it kind of fun to be up late at night when everybody else is asleep. Need to feel powerful, yeah. Well, and it's also peaceful because a lot of strong-willed kids, teenagers love to do their schoolwork late at night and it's because the world slows down, the anxiety of the parents is all, they're gone to bed now and now I can breathe. And so what true. I'm doing is learning. And so from that, I may learn, okay, son, so what you told me is this, you're a problem solver, you like a thrill and, and that brain stimulation. You like the challenge of it and you really like chocolate. Okay. You may continue to do this late at night. We're eventually going to catch you because we'll have cameras. You will change the cameras like Ocean's Eleven and get away with right. it for a little while. But eventually we'll catch you and you'll be in trouble. So you can do that. Or I bet we could take all of that energy that you're putting into doing this and that great insight you have. I bet we could start your own little business. And we could start yeah. making some money. And you also have a big heart, never toward me, but toward other people. That's strong will trait, right? Don't say that part. You just think it. Right, of course. But, right? You've got a big heart. You love money. You're an entrepreneur. Why don't we take all of that energy and put that into building a little business? And then you can buy your own things. We can give money to charity and all. So 
rather than just a you cut it out, stop it or else, I just learned three or four really important things about my child's motivations. And now I can say, you can use it that way, right? Like power struggles, pushing my buttons all day long. You're doing that because it solves boredom and you like the reaction from me. So you can do that, but it's not going to end well. But what if we used that same trait and we put it into doing a service project for people? So actually, sometimes the misbehavior, so to speak, is a huge opportunity, not just to teach, but to show them how to use, get their needs met in positive ways. So sorry, that was a little long-winded, but... No, I love it. Or take that trait and put it into sports, right? Like, or music or whatever. Stella now, like Stella became a star drummer, which is interesting because I used to think that the, the lead singer was was like the the head of the band. But really after so many years of watching her drum and she's like an incredible drummer, we're like big rock and roll family. We've taken our kids all over the world to see amazing concerts. But to, when she she's actually the leader of the band, like the, yeah. it starts like when she gets up on it, she'll play like a Metallica song and she's the one that starts the band. And like everyone's actually following the drummer, not the lead singer. And then Lars. in volleyball too. Lars is in control, isn't he? Heck yes, Kirk. Yes, exactly. You know, Stella, we we took the kids to see Metallica in Ireland, and You're this not strong really Christian. You're not. I know. Really I know. <laughs> but listen to this strong. I know, right? I'm so so many people are like, yeah, we put we put it in our intro, man. We're into the ocean, rock and roll, and Jesus. So just in case anyone's freaked out, like they can leave at that point. Like, yes, Jesus and rock and roll go together. But in listen to this, Kirk, so this strong-willed child, she was like, maybe she was like 10 or 11 at the time. I think she was 10. And she found out that if you make a sign, there's a chance you Lars will throw you a drumstick. And she made this sign. She traveled, you know, we've 6,000 miles, right? Yeah, three, yeah, because we're in California. So 6,000 miles right. to Ireland, carried this sign around everywhere, went to the show, her and dad got in basically essentially the pit made their way to the front and it was a it was that show at that castle was seventy five thousand people and she got the drumstick wow that's a strong-willed child for you right like she she led the whole thing and and she and he he probably gives away like 10 or 15 sticks but she got herself close enough her dad she was on her dad's shoulders all these irish guys were cheering him on and she made eye contact and made it happen and it was one of those moments that like brings me to tears to think about it because it's strong-willed kids are amazing they can accomplish incredible things if they want to <laughs> that's <laughs> if they want no to. that's i mean aside from all the kidding cuz i took casey to a metallica concert cuz i grew up in a christian Thing where it was like, if you listen to Metallica, you're going to do drugs and you're going to hell. Right, right. And he started listening because he played hockey. And so I yeah. called my brother and I was like, let's take him to a Metallica concert. It was <laughs> awesome because the lead singer, by the way, pray for James Hetfield. Mm. I mean, the guy, if you ever read some of those lyrics and know his background, you will mm-hmm. ball reading some of those lyrics. There's now, some his deep story stuff. Is incredible. His struggle yeah. with addiction. And yeah. so... Do pray for, I mean, I pray for him frequently and I don't even pray a lot because you know how when people are like, pray for me and I'm like, okay, but you don't kind of, or you do. Okay. We're busy bodies. We pray on walks and like jogs. So I don't even offer anymore unless I'm really going to do it. But um, I know that sounds awful, but we go to homeschool conventions and people come up to the booth and they're like, is your dad really a Christian? <laughs> and I'll be like, he doesn't sound like one, but he tries to act like Jesus. So that's how he did. Oh, heck yeah. 
You know, um, I was thinking, sorry to interrupt your story, but no, no, you okay. remind me a lot of Bob Goff too. And and I'm sure you read Bob yeah. Goff's books and yeah, yeah. you you carry yourself similar to Bob and Bob is one of the most Christian men I've ever met in my life. And so it just goes to show you again, families listening, like the, the godly people that you have put on a pedestal that you think are what is like, has the, all the answers and are telling you to punish your children. Like you don't have to listen. Like we have Kirk as a godly guy too. And he's just, uh, we're just different, even, you know, <laughs> if you called me godly, I would reject it because I associate godly with a 1700s, minister. <laughs> yeah, right? like seriously. Rigid, harsh, and that. I tend to make it like, look, Casey and I have talks and I'm like, look, you, you, we live, but, and, and, and we joke sometimes kind of harshly because we're, we're guys. And I said, yeah. but you never, ever, ever treat someone like that. Right. We never, yeah. the way we talk to people, you act like Jesus. And so he tells people now, he's like, yeah, I know he doesn't sound like a Christian, but if you follow his everyday life, he's taught me we do what Jesus yep. did. And that's what we're kind of after. Families, I have a question for you. Would you love to be able to set really strong boundaries and rules with your children and then follow through with consistency and firm kindness? If yes, listen up. I have a program called the Firm and Kind Parenting Blueprint that I'd love for you to go check out. You can learn more over at freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind. Inside of this quick, easy to finish program, I'll teach you four steps to really setting those strong roles, but then following through in a way where you're using connection and firm kindness. And what I'll teach you will actually cause your children to want to cooperate with you because they truly respect you and value the rule and the boundary and understand how it serves them, not just something that they have to do or else. And it's just an incredible feeling when you go to bed at night knowing that you followed through on the rules and the strong boundaries in your home without relying on hand-me-down parenting tactics like fear, force, threats, yelling, harsh punishments that really create usually fear in your household, right? We want our children to listen to us because they respect us and because they understand why being part of the team, cooperating well, respecting rules, all those things, why that feels good as a human being. We want to do those things um, in ways that cause our children to want to respect us, not just because they're scared of us or a consequence. And that's exactly what I'm going to teach you inside this program. So again, head on over to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind to learn more. But in under an hour, this program will teach you some really effective strategies on how to create agreements with your kids instead of compliance statements, which is where a lot of parents go wrong and why their children don't end up respecting the rules or the agreements that they've made. And then I'm going to teach you how to use empathy. I'll teach you how to engage your kids' critical thinking skills when you tell them to do something and they say no. And then I'm also going to encourage you to understand how to empower your children. When children feel empowered, especially strong-willed kids, they will cooperate a whole heck of a lot easier, okay? So I want you to go learn about this program and let me now, if you have any questions, freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind. I don't act like I'm a lot of times too. Yeah, exactly. But, but that you know what I'm yeah. saying. That's that's yep. the but anyway, that's exactly fellow, Bob Goff's I, way. Everybody yeah. always love do, love does, and it's like that's that is my number one thing, right? Like you walk, 
you you walk the walk. So I love it. It's so good. Okay. Off Metallica. Okay. I never thought that. I never I know. another. I I I've had people walk out of like our sessions or like, you took your child to Metallica. I was like, they were doing James Hetfield's in rehab. So it was like one day at a time. And I was like, they did everything short of an altar call at that concert. Right. So, anyway. Yeah. And I always, I always encourage people to actually go actually look at what lyrics mean, because once you explore them, you'll realize that there's actually a lot of teaching moments in there for children. And these are, these are human people, right? These are incredible musicians, but they're human people. And, and this poetry, it's a lot about what humanity goes through. And so a lot of the lyrics, you're not, they're not what you think they are, but people assume things about them. So it's all, it's a whole thing with us with rock and roll, but well, well, Kirk, we can I say one more? Yeah. It's the compassion part of you look at all those guys like Chris Cornell and all those guys yeah. from the late 90s, and they've all killed themselves. Yeah. And how can you not have compassion and see like it was in their lyrics, right? It was in their yeah. lyrics all along. And I said this at a homeschool convention. I was like, we killed them all because we were yeah. too busy as Christians judging them because they were rock and roll and of their yeah. lyrics. We were, and we didn't listen to the lyrics and hear the pain. And all of those guys, like Chester, the guy from Lincoln Park, he, he was abused as a kid. And he exactly. never got over it. And they all, yeah. they, they killed themselves. And I said, we're partly responsible for killing them because we didn't have compassion because we were too busy judging them. And when, so when I go to homeschool conventions, so what I listen to is some Chris Cornell stuff and some of those lyrics. And because it, it, and James Hetfield of the ones of struggling with addiction, because that's real human beings with a lot of pain. And I always say that's, that's where Jesus would have been. He would have been exactly. going after those people filled with pain, not doing a political rally to homeschool convention. Don't mean to offend anybody. Right. Yeah. Jesus isn't walking those halls there. He's going where the people have pain and that's where we need to be. And, and, and so we'll segue back into our kids. There's a lot of pain underneath our kids, that pain, it's, the shame. And when you can yeah. reach into that, man, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Like your daughter. I wish I could invest in your daughter. Any I kid know. who I makes know. a sign and travels 6,000 miles and pushes through 75,000 people to get up front and gets this, the drumstick. Like, honestly, what, what else when she puts her mind to it, yeah. she's going to be able to do anything. It's like I you're know. done as a parent now. So. I know. I know. That's, that's the beauty of this work is when you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's well, okay. So just real quick and we're, we're going to end up just summarizing the points we had today because we've talked on all of this, you guys. And I'm just going to summarize in the end because Kirk is so fun to talk to. And this was just such a beautiful organic conversation, but back to like that, you know, talking about all these artists that have these troubled childhoods, like, you know, Kirk Cobain is one of the examples, right? You can go watch his documentary really easily on any of the streaming channels. It's heartbreaking, right? There was full blown abuse. And then other times there's just massive disconnection with parents, mm -hmm. right? Like in so many of these artists past, whether it might not be described, you know, it might be classified as abuse and it was full blown shame, humiliation, suffering. That's like, I, I love the work of Jim, ja Jim and Lynn Jackson over at Connected Families and their history with working with troubled teens. Like they 99.9% .9 of the time, these teens that had such like issues, they came from these autocratic homes, my way or the highway. And just, it's amazing what some, what that does to some, uh, most, most humans. But I think back to like, you know, 
just it's just so important what you said about so many of these kids are are hurting inside and like this message that I got with like I know that this family that I referenced earlier and like, you know, the dad is being influenced by these people in his church that are saying that they're ungodly in the way they're parenting and they're permissive and they're not laying the hammer, all these things. And their children are bullies and they're going to grow up to be maniacs. And like, basically it's just all fear. Right. But I, but what rushed over me as I was listening to this is knowing that these, these boys had been like traditional punishment had been used on them, I think from the age of like two to seven, all the classic dubs and stuff and like just massive amounts of hurt, pain, humiliation, disconnection, fear, all the things. And now they're at the point where they're having panic attacks at age 11 when they might get caught for lying and they can't even breathe and they cannot even. And I just, it was like, man, like it is it is just so important that like you continue to do your work, Kirk, and I continue to do my work and we just continue to help parents understand that that is not a child who has aggression issues. Like something's going on for these boys. Obviously right. they've become, their self-control is out of whack. They're not thriving like they were eight months ago, whatever it may be. But there's probably a significant amount of trauma that these kids experienced in those five years that this family was doing things in this way that they were told by the church is the way to raise these great kids that are going to become good human beings. And and now they still have these children that are really struggling in life. And so I just want to like really say that it's a big deal when you learn as a parent to look underneath, seek to understand, try to figure out and have empathy and compassion and, and realize that it's not, it's a lot of this outward behavior. It's just, is it the right way to say it? It's just a symptom, right? Like it's not what's it's actually, the outward expression of something else going on inside. Right. Yes. And yeah. so there's just a lot of different reasons. And Kirk's work will help you discover that. My work, obviously, our educational programs will help you guys discover that and just keep going. Right. Like when we were talking about how these kids often have like this, a lot of negative self-talk and they beat themselves up easier. A lot of times it's, it is like the messages we give them when they're young. Right. Like before I found this work and still to this day, like it was probably three years ago that I said to my daughter and I had been teaching for a while but by this point. And I looked her straight in the eyes and I said, can you just stop being you? <laughs> I was right. like, darn it. That was really jacked up. Like there is still so many times I make so many mistakes with these like shame, just like, what is wrong with you? Why can't you listen? You know, not so much anymore these days because I continue every day to get more fluent and fluent. But back in those initial years, right? When she was little and before right. we found this work, there's just a lot that we can take responsibility for with humility and not shame ourselves. But realize that that just takes some time sometimes to un unravel it and unlearn it and realize that there there might be some some residual effects of that right and so you right. just when if you've got these strong-willed kids or any of like the ADD ODD ADHD all the things just know that that's probably going on inside of them there's probably a contribution we had in those early years before we found a different way to speak to them and discipline them and guide them and as you said give wisdom and now part of our job is to help them unlearn what we taught them about whether they can believe in themselves or not and how they just think about themselves. Like that's part right. of the late, later work, right? Like once you shift it, you do the 180 and then you realize, okay, it's important for me to, to give wisdom about all these life skills that I'm teaching. 
and also to help them unlearn anything that they might think about themselves. You're not broken. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not the black sheep of the family. You're actually amazing for a million different reasons. So just wanted to kind of wrap all that up. Awesome. So good. So, okay. So I'm going to read through our points. We covered our points today, you guys, in all these different like fun stories and conversations. But the three points that Kirk had designed and brought to the table today, when we talk about how to de-escalate situations with a strong little kid when they're upset is number one, we must control our own emotions first before we address the child. The quickest way to change your child's behavior is to first control your own. I feel like we really hit on that, Kirk, with like a lot of different examples, right? Yeah. Yeah. Number two, motion changes emotion. Sometimes talking makes kids more upset. Use movement to calm an upset child. That's the only thing we didn't talk about. So I'm going to have you cover that real quick if you happen to have a few more minutes. Okay. And then the last thing is relationships change behavior. And that one we have covered. We have, we have talked about that a lot, but just give us this last little point about the, the motion changes emotion talking makes kids more upset often and how using movement to calm an upset child really helps. And then we'll wrap up and make sure listeners know where to find you. Okay. Motion changes emotion. Couple examples. Son's yelling at my wife. I walk in. Why are you doing that? It escalates. I walk in and say, Hey, I can tell you're frustrated. Listen, I'm going to go outside uh, with the football. When you're ready, if you want to come play catch, love to play catch with you. Or, Hey, I can tell you're frustrated. I'm going to dump some Legos out. When you're ready, come in, we'll build a spaceship. When the child is really upset, they're out of control. They don't, they don't feel in control of anything. So I give them something they're in control of. See, I don't know how to calm down, but I do know how to build my Legos. Busy mom with four kids in the kitchen melting down. Uh, child's melting down to say, hey, Jacob, do me a favor. I, could you go in the pantry and get me some spaghetti sauce? Could you get that top off for me? See, I didn't change his behavior right away. I didn't tell him to calm down. I gave him something he was in control of. For little kids... Melting down an aisle three in Target. If dad were to get down on the floor and start doing push-ups, I guarantee the kid will stop melting down. Look at his yeah. dad like, what are you doing on the floor? And dad can say, you know, when I get frustrated, I do push-ups. You want to do 10 with me? Mm-hmm. And I'm nice. leading, I'm drawing. That was the, hey, Case, if you want to get chips, I'll get salsa. I'll meet you on the deck. I like some movement because I like to move out of that place of conflict and tension. And I like to give kids something to do one other quick one. This was real life, a daughter really upset. And the dad, instead of talking to her about her attitude said, Hey, I'm going to go out in the garden. When you're ready, could you bring me a couple waters and help me out there? Or they both like, they'd like to draw together. And he said, you know what? I'm going to go with my sketch pad in the basement when you're ready. Cause I like the, when you're ready gives the yeah. child a little bit of ownership instead of you do this right now, which, you know, doesn't work. And he said, hey, when you're ready, if you come down, I'd like to show you something that I'm working on and maybe you could help me. So there's an invitation to come to me rather than go to your room. It's come be with me Mm. and I'm going to lead you. Our phrase is I'm going to lead you to a calm place rather than you need to calm down right now. It's like, no, I'm going to lead you to calm. I'm going to show you. And here's a phrase I'll end with. The message I want to send is this. When your world is out of control, mine's not. You can trust me. Yeah. And so that's why the controlling myself first, leading them to calm. And that's, I believe, the model that God uses. He doesn't say, you know what? You're really messed up. You need to go figure it out. He's like, no, come spend some time with me and I'll help you. 
And that's the model. Come to me. It's a we issue, not a you issue. It's me together with you. And I love that model. Oh man, Kirk, that is so powerful. Yeah. The data, the data's in, it works better, right? Like seriously, go try it because the opposite is what parents do, right? This is the classic. Like we all know how to do this and you don't have to teach us. You look me in the eye and you listen look me in the eye, right? Like, and it's like this, we're going to sit here and talk. And it's like the worst thing ever for kids. By the way, can I tell you (laughs) the looking in the eyes thing? It is something I hammer on all the time. Do not look kids in the eyes when they're upset. It's there's so much shame. That's why going for a walk, sitting outside gardening together, all those things are way better. It's why you have a better talk with your spouse when you're walking the dogs at night rather than honey, we need to have a talk about our relationship. No, we don't. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah, just, I'd encourage parents just try some of these things this week, see how it works and it gets more natural and you'll like it. It works and it builds a relationship. So there's no, there's no trade-off. It's not like, well, this doesn't work as well as the other way. It's like, no, this actually works and works better. The other way doesn't work. It's just what was done for a hundred years. So, yep. Yep. Yeah. And the, and the, when you're ready is such amazing verbiage to put with it, right? Because we always teach nobody can learn and no one's a great teacher when emotions are heightened and you're like triggered, there's fire coming out of your head. But like when you're ready, so I'm going to basically go do this that calms me down, that I can do whatever I do in my self-regulation attempts to like bring myself back down to neutral and like simmer, like let the simmer (laughs) go down, the emotion simmer. You go do what you need to do and then we'll come back and I'm here to support you and help you. Like when you're ready, takes strong-willed kids and it just I guarantee you the 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 time that it takes for them to actually come to you even if they're super angry throwing hitting whatever in that moment screaming I hate my brother I hate you that verbiage is going to bring them closer to you so much faster than mm-hmm, if you're sure. like go to your room and I don't want to see you for a half hour until you come out and say you're sorry so it's so good Kirk I am so just seriously honored to have spent this hour with you. You are so wise and full of wisdom and just encouragement and inspiration. And I'm just okay, so thankful. It. Remember we said, don't I know, do those I know, things. I know. Okay. <laughs> I well, then... appreciate it. <laughs> seriously. I, awesome. I We've talked just, about that before. You know I'm going to go love you... on my strong-willed daughter even more tonight after this conversation. That's the beauty of hosting these podcasts. So yeah, no, yeah. I appreciate it. It's, 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 it's so much, it's just, it, it's partly fun and it's very yeah. rewarding and you just get to see like, okay, this just works a whole lot better. And then it just holds me accountable to keep doing it. So yeah. anyway, I appreciate you and I appreciate okay, well, our time. So yeah. Well, Kirk, before we go, tell listeners where they can come find you. Where's the best place that they can come get all things, celebrate calm, calm parenting, all the things. You can either go to the website, celebrate calm. Dot com, which is a dumb name I know. Everybody thinks we're a yoga thing. So you should be celebrating ADHD. It's dumb. Or just look for the Calm Parenting Podcast and you'll see we've got a couple hundred episodes. So feel free. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing, what it, if anybody wants, just reach out to us. You can email. Mine's Kirk, K-I-R-K at celebratecalm.com. If you have questions, just email us. We're, it's a family mission and we'll get back. Tell mm-hmm. us you found us through Wendy because then it makes it a little bit more personal. And That is cool. Yeah. And, and it's kind of cool. 
And, and does Metallica, Casey work with you full time? He does. He does. Oh. Put Metallica in the subject line and you'll get answered immediately. <laughs> Love it. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you, Kirk. Awesome. Listeners, okay, awesome. go find Kirk's work, reach out to him and his son. And thanks for being here again today, Kirk. All right. Thanks, Wendy. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, listeners, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it for you. As we wrap up here, don't forget to DM me the word shift or head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your free discipline quick start learning bundle. You'll get immediate access to download our extensive learning guide where I'll share five ways you can ditch the old school hand-me-down punishment mindset beliefs and thoughts that are causing you to react like a volcano instead of respond like the firm, kind, respectful teacher you are at your core. And then you'll also get immediate access to my on-demand workshop where I'll teach you our three core Fresh Start family strategies that make up a strong, compassionate, disciplined toolkit, as well as my favorite logical consequences that not only work with kids of all ages, but do wonders to unite you with your child and strengthen your relationship, even in your kid's worst moments. So pop on over to Instagram right now and just shoot me a DM with the word shift and I'll send you a personal link to download that bundle right away. Or you can head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to get access immediately. All right. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you inside that free bundle and also inside the next episode. For links and more info about everything we talked about in today's episode, head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash 155. For more information, go to freshstartfamilyonline.com. Thanks for listening, families. Have a great day.